Welcome back, guys, to a new episode. It's been a while, uh, but there have been some um, slight changes lately, which was typically too big to nor be ignored. Um, I'm here once again with the AOTA founder, Dominic Schiener, and we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on for this past week, as well as what this will enable us into the future. Welcome back to the podcast, mate. Hey, Thomas. How are you doing? All good. I uh, had a hard weekend on the Oktoberfest, but I guess it's time to get back to the real world. How did you get there? Like, like you, you said you were driving. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a Norwegian one, so it's not like a proper one you guys have done in oh. Germany. But uh, <laughs> it's it's enough beer to to get a, a headache, that's for sure. Oh, no, that's funny because I thought you were driving from Norway to Munich. I was like, okay, like <laughs> uh, that's a little bit too much. Um, maybe we can all meet up there once um, things have calmed down in the have a little bit of meet up there. Um, yeah, yeah, no, this is good. Yeah, so it's been a little bit windy for you guys this uh, this past weekend. Um, there's been a lot of changes, um, some most of them good in my view, um, some a little bit controversial, you might say. Um, let's talk about for those that really haven't been keeping up too much with the news and reading the blog post. Um, could you explain a little bit about what these recent changes has been? Yeah, for sure. Um, I can I can give some uh, summary of it, right? Maybe yeah. maybe some background, right? Like, mm. why are we doing IOTA? We are we're doing IOTA to build up one of the biggest ecosystems in the in the DLT space, right? And when I say DLT space, I mean what's happening in Web three when it comes to DeFi, NFTs, GameFi, but it also includes all of these traditional use cases that we've been working on everything around the machine economy, right? Which was like this initial vision behind IOTA, but it also includes digital identities, tokenizing real world assets, and actually building a new financial system, so to say, having all of these financial markets actually run and operate on top of IOTA, right? We, we are here to build one of the leading projects in this space. Hmm. Now, the, the obvious reality that all of us have to face is that IOTA is catching up. So we are not a leading project right now. At the moment, we're catching up with our competition. Um, we have just recently announced the removal of the coordinator. Now we have these distributed validators. It's a great step forward for IOTA. And it's a, a, a sort of like a promise uh, that we finally realized after after the delays. And obviously, this doesn't get us away from IOTA 2.0, but it's basically getting us one step closer to sort of being on par with our technology stack to our competition. The most important next step is the EVM release, where with the EVM, we will actually finally have an ecosystem and where we have uh, dApps, where we have builders out of, uh, out of the ecosystem really building and launching the dApps on top of Shimmer first and then later on top of IOTA. So all of that is great that we're catching up with our technology, um, but the, the reality is that it takes serious effort to catch up and then also to try and get ahead of our, our competition because you can obviously spend money on R&D, right? So developing the open source software and everything. But at the same time, you need to incentivize the growth and you actually need to push for adoption for the protocol, right? And for the ecosystem. And the situation of IOTA has always been that we, 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 we did things very differently from everybody else in this space. So when we founded IOTA in 2015, 100% of the token supply was actually issued to the community, 
there was nothing reserved for the founders, nothing reserved for the foundation. There was no ecosystem fund set up, so to say. Mm, which is very unique, right? Yeah, it's very unique because we did it out of out of like ulterior motives, right? Because we wanted this to be a fully decentralized network, a decentral, a d distributed infrastructure that is owned by its um, ecosystem. So I think thinking about it in hindsight, we were kind of too early with many things in terms of with IOTA, right? Like the vision was ahead of its time and it was, uh, was also much ahead of the technology and what it was capable of. If, if you look back into mm. into the history of IOTA. And so we had to catch up with the technology. We also had to sort of adapt the vision to the reality, which is where does the adoption actually happen? Right? And quite frankly, at the moment, most of the adoption happens in Web3. Everything that we're doing with enterprise adoption is uh, sort of like a future bet, and we are absolutely convinced that it will happen, but it takes longer to get that adopted than Web3. And at the same time, we also had this old token distribution of IOTA from 2015, right? Like, keep in mind, 2015 is eight years ago. <laughs> so yeah. eight years in crypto is, I don't know, like it's decades <laughs> in, yeah. in, 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 in normal time. So the token distribution of IOTA and the tokenomics of IOTA from 2015 were obviously 100% to the community and no, no uh, staking, no inflation, fixed token supply. Now we are in 2023. When the uh, where the crypto market um, sort of has been very commercialized and industrialized, so to say, where there are competitors and teams and VCs and investors um, putting in billions of dollars to get their technology and get their network adopted um, over others. So we, like I would say, probably close to a year ago, all like some of the people in the foundation also realized that we need to think through how we actually get this adopted because building the tech is not sufficient. And it was sort of like a sudden realization that even once we deliver the best tech, right? Once we deliver IOTA 2.0 and once we deliver the EVM and the smart contracts, it might not be enough, you know? And I think, I think that's sort of like a difficult realization to have where when you think that all of the effort that you're putting in and that you have put in for the last uh, eight years is not going to be enough to succeed. And ultimately, all of us are doing this because we want to su succeed. All of us have made these sacrifices to be part of IOTA because we ultimately believe that it will succeed. And so it's kind of like a sad reality to think that you're, you're putting all this time and effort to go and make all of these sacrifices, go through this, uh, 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 go through these challenges and these experiences to try and make it succeed. And then in the end, it might not be enough. Mm. And so it was about coming up with a sort of approach that actually allows us to level the playing field, so to say, so that we can be on par with our competition and so that we can actually have an opportunity to compete. So that is why this blog post was published with four key decisions. And uh, uh, the most important decision is also token distribution. But let me uh, talk about the, the four decisions. Right? So the first one is actually that we really want to double down on IOTA. So we can only succeed if we have one token per network. And instead of having uh, different tokens on the different layers, like, like what's happening in Ethereum. And the problem is that will obviously fragment the ecosystem. So we really need to concentrate everything around one token. And uh, we we also had reaffirmed our commitment to IOTA because the decision could have also been, 
let's build a new token, let's launch a new network, because that is what other teams have done in the past, you know. We could have just easily said, oh, we're we're going to launch a new token, we bring on board new investors, and then move on, right? Like, that's what some other teams have done. And we we very clearly said, like, that is not us, because we believe in IOTA, and we want to finish what we started, because IOTA is much bigger than, than any of us, so to say. Mm. It's about moving forward with it. So that was the first decision. The second decision, decision was actually to really make IOTA competitive. We need to have layer one smart contracts. So on the layer two on IOTA, we have the EVM. Uh, um, and by the way, to, for, for decision number one, it's important to highlight that this also means that we also committed and focused on Shimmer. So yeah. uh, Shimmer is obviously the complementary staging network of IOTA, and we're not abandoning Shimmer because Shimmer is its own layer one. Mm. Um, so the, the second decision was around layer one smart contracts because we need to have layer one smart contracts so that we can actually have a thriving ecosystem on the layer two, right? We can have blockchains and, and um, smart contract chains running on the layer two that are then aligned with the layer one by sharing the security with it, by being composable, so to say, and not just anchoring into it, but actually uh, leveraging the native token and for and the, the security of the of the layer one mm. and for the security of, of itself right and that's why layer one smart contracts are a key key component for this because then on the layer one we can really maximize the token utility um, of iota and we can also maximize the adoption of mana and the consumption of mana and uh, that then also brought us to the third decision which is actually to abandon assembly because assembly is obviously uh, what's initially conceptualized as is layer two um, validate the marketplace to launch um, distributed um, uh, or decentralized uh, layer two smart contract chains. But as the space progressed, and as we also realized that layer one smart contracts is actually feasible, it just didn't make much sense anymore to move forward with assembly. Mm. Because assembly ultimately would have also taken value away from IOTA, right? Which um, again is, is diluting the value of everything that we're doing with IOTA, so to say. And it's making it more difficult for us to compete in this market when we really need to focus. And quite frankly, it would have been very difficult to launch a new token in this market because the market right now is really concentrated on older brands and we need to focus on establishing those brands instead of uh, new ones. And this is obviously what we're doing right now with Shimmer and Shimmer is piggybacking off of IOTA, uh, so to say. And so, yeah. Mm. Um, so we, we had to abandon some and uh, obviously make make what we wanted to achieve with assembly which is to incentivize the ecosystem um, actually get that going on iota itself and that made us realize that we had to make a very difficult decision and that is the last decision that that we that's the fourth position here right which is actually that we should um change the token supply the tokenomics of iota so that we actually finally have an ecosystem fund um, every other project out there that is competing with IOTA today, right? Other layer ones, they have an ecosystem fund between 30 to 50% of the total token supply. So that means that majority of the token supply is being used to incentivize the adoption of the network, of the, of the technology. Now, unless we also have an ecosystem fund, how are we supposed to get the technology adopted? Because obviously we're trying to do the bare minimum at the moment with the funds that we have or we're trying to do the most at the moment with the funds that we have. And that's only the bare minimum when it comes to actually building a layer one, right? Because right now our main focus is on R&D and we're doing some ecosystem support here and there. 
So that's why we we had to make the the changes um, to the token distribution and uh, propose or tell that to the community. So we finally have an ecosystem fund that can compete. But obviously, we, we can like then discuss the details of this ecosystem fund. But I think mm. that's so like the background to all of this. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different decisions happening here, and um, I do agree on all four. Um, but of course, the inflation one is a little bit hard to swallow for some people that's been here for, for up to eight years, right? And now they are about to get heavily inflated over the next four years. Um, tell me a little bit about why people shouldn't be upset for getting their bags inflated. Yeah, um, I don't think people should not be upset. I think everybody should be upset at this situation. And I can fully understand the emotions of people and what they're going through right now. I think everybody doesn't like this situation nobody at the foundation and uh, after all that we've been through likes to break promises like that um so it it was an incredibly difficult decision it took us months to to really debate this internally with external stakeholders as well and some important uh, decision makers to really make sure that we're doing the right that we're doing the right decision here right mm. So um, this is why this was absolutely not a difficult decision. And I think, I, I hope the community also understands this, that we're making this decision because we see this as the only option for IOTA to really have a chance of catching up with the competition and for IOTA to actually realize the potential that it has. Because right mm -hmm. now we are like ranked number 80, right? Like um, either we really uh, move forward and scale up our ambitions and scale up our delivery or 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 iota might not be in the top 100 anymore right and i think that yeah. is a much worse option uh, option for all of us yeah that's how i also understood it because like if it's either just continue on the downtrend that we have been on for for quite a while now or just swallow the pill um let's get it over with and then have a very um strong war chest that can be used to further push advertise market build attract new developers um, host hackathons with proper um, prices to win, enable people to come in and start building and, and, and all of this because sort of in the end goal here would then be to, to use this to further adopt IOTA, right? So then, yes, your bags will probably be or will be inflated, but the potential that this war chest can give your bags is that to grow a lot more than these 12% increase. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, this is about making sure that IOTA can actually do what is most important right now, which is really to roll the ecosystem around it, right? To actually mm -hmm. help the builders and support them because there have been so many great projects that started to build on top of IOTA ever since we introduced Stardust, right? The tokenization framework. And especially since we have uh, the EVM. Mm -hmm. so I think right now there's close to 60 projects and I think close to like a more than a dozen dApps that are now going to go live on the on the shimmer UVM when it goes live. And that is that is absolutely amazing. And I'm really grateful for all of these builders who have taken this risk to be early on Shimmer and uh, mm. so to say and, and deploy their dApps. But yeah. think about it. we need to do so much more. We need to get so many more dApps. We need to have a thriving ecosystem on top of IOTA. And and the only way to really do that is through such an ecosystem fund. And I think it's also important to mention that such an ecosystem fund is really important to help us to decentralize. IOTA. So it's not just everything dependent on the IOTA Foundation. 
and uh, the support of the IOTA Foundation, but then we can finally establish multiple entities um, and also like builders uh, in the community um, that are then going to like move IOTA forward, so to say. Mm. Um, I read something as well uh, regarding how these funds will be used. Um, some some people thought, okay, now they're going to be dumped on for eternity. Uh, price will keep going down. Um, can you explain a little bit about the, how that will work? Because someone's told me that it's not won't be a constant downtrend due to this, because it won't be constantly a sell pressure. Yeah, it, it, like like here here's something that's important to to realize. We are not trying to raise or or we're not trying to um, get this ecosystem fund set up because we intend to spend it all, right? Like we have absolutely no intentions right now to actually spend any of these funds that are, or like most of the funds that are being used, that are being uh, like unlocked right now, because the whole intention and the whole objective behind this is to make sure that we have a war chest. And we only have a war chest if the value of this of these tokens of this treasury actually goes up. And right now in the current market, where we are in the bear market, where there is low liquidity, where there is low interest, though, it doesn't make any sense to actually spend uh, a lot of these uh, uh, tokens um, on marketing activities, on any other activities, right? So it's important to keep, my, keep in mind that the objective at the moment is to set up a treasury so that we have a war chest. Mm. So then once the market returns, once there are certain opportunities, then we would actually work on and figuring out where should we allocate these funds. It's the same when Avalanche was founded and they also reserved tokens for the ecosystem fund. I don't think any of them actually knew that they would actually set up, a, you know, like a, this this incentive program, this liquidity incentive program that they started in 2021. Right. Mm. So, so it's about having these reserves so that when the time is right, we can actually seize the opportunity, so to say. Because so far we have not been able to seize the opportunity. We've never done any marketing or any growth initiatives, but now once we actually have these funds available, we will be doing that. So, so these tokens will not be dumped on the market, but they would go into a treasury that the community mm. can then also track and see. Yeah. Um, another question that someone wanted me to ask is, I, I believe I know the answer to it, but um, but here it goes. Um, like we have the governance votes right now in Firefly, which. And people wonder why wasn't it brought up and why couldn't the community vote for this, yes or no. But I do imagine that this is very much needed as soon as possible to get things going as soon as possible. And the 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 result would either be um, banter around for months and then get it approved and then continue where we already are continuing right now or get it declined and then it's just pack up everything because it's bankruptcy next. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. I think there's a there's a difference between how the future ought to be, how it's supposed to be, and how the future, how the reality is right now. And how the future should be is that IOTA will only survive if it is absolutely 100% decentralized, if there's nobody in control, right? Uh, there's, there's nobody who actually has a major majority say in the protocol. But the development and uh, the governance of of the protocol, the governance of the treasury itself, is actually done fully in a fully decentralized way, because that is really how we scale this up into a trillion dollar ecosystem where there's going to be hun hundreds and thousands of people working full time to make sure that this digital infrastructure that we're creating 
is is growing and being adopted globally, right? We cannot build, like for example, we cannot build a Microsoft out of the IOTA Foundation, but we're going to have, I don't know, thousands of employees working in the foundation because that doesn't scale and that doesn't make any sense for a decentralized ecosystem that we're trying to create. So instead, we absolutely need to have decentralized governance and we absolutely need to have the community step up and actually own uh, the, the leadership of, of IOTA. So that is the future that we must go to. And I'm 100% behind that. And I can also give this commitment that this is where we want to move towards. And this is why we are also making certain decisions around how um, the ecosystem funds should be spent and all of that stuff. Mm. However, let's look at the current reality where we're still in the infancy of decentralized governance. And I think one major lesson from 2021 and 2022 <clears throat> from what we've seen in the ethereum ecosystem and others is that DAOs actually kind of failed right there was actually no governance model behind it and it was successful and if there was any decentralized governance most of it was actually like just like fake of token votes because ultimately there was one token holder that owned five percent of the token supply and they could outvote everybody else so it wasn't really decentralized governance in those networks <laughs> mm. So if we if we were to do this in a in in with, with the token vault, what I think would be happening is that we would basically tear the community apart where those that scream loudest will be hurt the most. Yes. And those who actually deeply care about the protocol, who actually have this deep understanding of the market and how it needs to move forward, are getting so frustrated by this debate that they will just give up and move on. Mm. And we don't need politics right now. We need to have decisions that make sure that IOTA succeeds. And this is why, together with the, with people at the, at the IOTA Foundation, right, with the leadership at the IOTA Foundation, and also together with some key community members, we have drafted this proposal over months to make sure that we make the right proposal that takes into account the voices of the community and then really presents a decision to the community that they can choose to either go with one network fork over another, right? So this is why we presented the community this option to choose which future reality of IOTA that they want to work on or that they want to go with by presenting the option of a fork. Because I remember what happened back in the days with the Bitcoin uh, 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 debate around the block size, right? That absolutely tore the community apart because there was no leadership. There was nobody in the Bitcoin community saying, hey, this is, like, like there was no more Satoshi who said, hey, this is how it should be done. And instead, there was months and months of debate that really tore the community apart and split it severely. Mm -hmm. And I saw the same happening in the Cosmos community a couple of months ago, where they, by the way, also proposed to set up an ecosystem fund through a token inflation. And there was months of debate that really tore the community apart. So the reality right now is that we, as the people who have been working on IOTA the longest, feel that this is the only decision that we can make right now in this market. And we, we're really sorry that it had come to this decision and we take full responsibility for it. But for us right now, the most important thing is for the community to re realize that this is the only option for IOTA to move forward and then work together on how we should govern the ecosystem fund itself and then uh, take the next steps from there. So this is why we haven't done a, a token vote, so to say. Yeah, yeah, I completely understand it. Um, for whatever it's worth, I I do support this decision. Like, inflation isn't optimal for anybody, um, but it's the right thing to do, as of now, in my opinion. But um, next topic, um, what well, the assembly network got dropped 
um, which is um, probably for most I've seen uh, been taken very happily by the community. I for one do agree that it shouldn't be necessary if we can do it on IOTA to gather maximum yep. value on top of IOTA. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I fully agree with that as well. Um, obviously, the, the reasons behind creating assembly in the first place were manifold. First of all, technologically, this was sort of like the only option that we could take back then um, to, to have a new token um, on the layer two that will then actually boost the ecosystem because, you know, you need to have tokens to give out as incentives um, to, to, to get adoption going. So assembly was always seen as this network or just this token to help bootstrap the ecosystem. But as we moved along, obviously it became very clear that it makes more sense to actually direct the value that would have been taken by assembly to IOTA mm. and make sure that we have one token that is really going to be, that that is going to have the same network effects as Ethereum, right? I, th I think network, by the way, like, like realizing a lot about network effects and how they work and how strong the network effects of Ethereum are today often made us realize that we absolutely have to focus on just one token. Because while Ethereum is in this privileged position right now, um, to to have uh, different teams working on the different layers, we're not there yet, right? And so that's why we need to focus all of our resources and all of our our uh, work on 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 increasing the the activity and the adoption of one token, mm. and that's the yeah. other token and and Shimmer on on the Shimmer network. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um... For those that haven't grasped the the um, everything happening with the drop of the staking and all that, what happens to those that have been staking for assembly? Is it all gone, or will they be compensated? So, um, those that have staked for um, assembly tokens will instead be, uh, or that they, they are now eligible for token airdrop, like it's an IOTA token airdrop. So, um, when the network, when the IOTA network will be upgraded to Stardust in two weeks. Um, in your wallet, you will basically see the airdrop automatically in your wallet. And those tokens will then vest over a two-year period with 10% unlocked uh, at first. Um, these tokens, like the airdrop in total is around 3.5% of the total token supply, which is around the same um, as the value that was initially for the 20% that was supposed to be distributed to the community as part of the assembly uh, token launch. Mm. Um, so basically, uh, people will get uh, an, an, an IOTA token airdrop. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, I'd rather have some more IOTA tokens than assembly tokens. But um, <laughs> I know that there were some VCs that was planning to, to spend like $100 million investing into assembly. Will they be coming over to IOTA instead or will they be out of the picture? So some of them are very open and very welcoming of this decision to focus on IOTA. So they will actually move forward with us and also support the ecosystem. So we're very happy about that. And um, some of them will no longer uh, be part of this journey. So we have worked out agreements with them and how to part ways, so to say. And mm. um, it's important to mention that obviously they didn't invest a hundred million because that was sort of like a commitment by them, but because assembly was announced at the end of the bull market, right? Like, and then this this bear market happened with FTX and Luna and all the drama, mm. <laughs> which I think uh, many people have already forgotten. It's like has happened. <laughs> yep. And um, uh, so then then all of that support basically dropped because everybody was just worried about survival. 
Mm. And so that was yeah. obviously also a major disappointment from our side. So, so uh, yeah. But all, all in all, I think I think we're, we're we're happy about the outcome and how we are moving forward now. Absolutely, yeah. Um, another one that is receiving about five percent of the um, total supply here is contributors, which I saw a lot of people was asking about what that could be. Um, are you able to sort of ex- elaborate what that means? Yeah. So usually when you obviously launch a token there's also tokens that get uh, sold to professional investors and uh, those that really are sort of seen as strategic partners so that they're fully on board so the contributors are tokens that were basically uh, sold to uh, professional investors that we think can really help iota and it can also obviously provide liquidity to 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 iota to pay, continue to pay for its operations so that's why those five percent are part of that and um, some part of it is also um, for some of the contributors that have continued to work on with us from from the assembly time right that mm. so they're still supporting us i think it's important to mention that we've really focused to carefully only work with those that we think are valuable to iota and that are not going to dump the tokens that they will receive but that will work really work together with us to make sure that iota succeeds so to mm. say and you know like if, if you if you know about the history of iota the whales in iota have always been sort of like a, a frustrating experience where they haven't really contributed to iota and they haven't really done much so to say so we really need to have more supporters and partners that are helping us uh, achieve our, our our mission with iota so that's why mm. these contributors are part of it yeah um, mentioning like all these funds that are coming in right now, is that is that sort of limited to where it can be used, or can we sort of like finally go, okay, hey Coinbase, um, whatever you want, uh, we'll pay for it. Here, here we go. Let's finally get this over done. Or is that some like restrictions that you can't do that? So we have to differentiate like what what can be openly publicly, like what will be openly and publicly managed by the community. So there will obviously be grants and community support, uh, meetups, events, and all of that stuff. So all that will, will be openly managed. There's obviously also things like, for example, uh, paying service providers for integrations or or uh, infrastructure providers and all of that stuff, right? And so those, I don't think that they will be managed publicly, so to say, because many of these agreements are obviously under NDA. Mm. So the, the terms of the agreements cannot be mentioned, but, the whole objective of this ecosystem fund is really to make sure that uh, we can we can work on these strategic um, initiatives to to work on on Yoda. Mm. Yeah. Do you think the uh, the uh, the question that has been following you for probably eight years now that the exchanges will finally open up and get Iota and Shimmer uh, onto their platforms? So I've been having uh, a lot of ex- conversations with new exchanges over the last two weeks. Um, also because of our whole UAE move and because we're working on real world asset tokenization. So I think all of that sounds very interesting to them. So we are obviously always continuing the conversations with them. I do want to mention that people shouldn't expect that now we will immediately unlock exchanges or get more liquidity. But this is really a deliberate effort that will take months to really uh, bear fruit. So to say, and until until the results really, really show, um, mm. like 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 I'm, I'm talking about exchanges here specifically, right? Like yeah. Everything in the UAE is, is is moving relatively quickly. Okay. But getting more markets to support IOTA and getting more markets to support Shimmer is very important for the health of the markets, right? Because Shimmer right now 
just has absolutely no liquidity. Yeah. And I think that's really a big problem. Yeah, for sure. So some of the bits been speculation about Shimmer probably coming onto Binance and stuff like that. Of course, that's probably nothing you can comment on. But um, fingers crossed that we will see uh, Shimmer and, and IOTA getting listed and getting more available like in the US and stuff like that because I see there's a lot of trouble around in the US to, to get get your hands on one of these tokens. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Mm. Smart contracts on Shimmer on IOTA is a hot topic. Uh, probably, hopefully, getting close to that. What's the status? Um, you, mean, you mean with the EVM? Yeah. Um, so the most important thing is that we are right now preparing everything for the launch and we are aligning with the ecosystem builders, with the infrastructure providers and getting it ready for the launch. And um, you could, you've probably already seen that some projects have already deployed and announced it. So I think all of that looks very good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and uh, yeah, like we'll announce it once it's ready. I obviously don't want to pre-announce it. And it's probably also important to mention that we've made this deliberate decision to first announce these four decisions with IOTA before announcing the Shimmer EVM. So the community also has time to debate it, right? And doesn't feel like we're trying to like hide it, so to say, hide these decisions by bringing out good news all of a sudden. But mm. we really want to we really want to give the community the opportunity to also discuss this and uh, let it sink in, so to say, so that we can then focus on moving forward in, in a united way and go back to business as usual, so to say. Yeah. And also I saw that Stardust is coming in less than two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so with that, we'll have uh, uh, tokenization on IOTA. We'll have NFTs on IOTA. And after the Shimmer EVM has been sufficiently tested on Shimmer, will also launch the EVM on, on IOTA. So I think mm. that's really exciting. Do you think that we will see a lot of new projects and the new people coming into the IOTA community once that all this is available? Or do we think yeah. we need to sort of get the word out slow and steady? Yeah, like I, I definitely think we need to work on getting more people to... Like we need to get the word out, right? And convince the builders. But exactly this is where we are going to be have a very deliberate effort on Mm. on making that happen and at the end of the day you know the most important thing is consistency just delivering and uh, showing that the network is live showing that it's active showing that there's real users and real utility and then the builders will also start to come i'm I'm not sure if you've used the chain but the the smart contracts team has really done an an amazing job with it because Mm. it does feel like a superior user experience and that is the most important thing in, in, in crypto right now yeah um, and also you have the, there's a lot of uh, difficult words probably show coming around for people that, that isn't too up to date because like IOTA 2.0, um, could you sort of explain what that means and like where are we compared to that? So with IOTA 2.0, the most important thing is that we are getting ready um, to to really finalize it and i think you many of you have also seen it on github and the progress that's being made there and the thing is that before we want to launch a new testnet and by the way the, the way that the timeline looks like is that of course we'll first launch a testnet uh, with, with firefly ready with uh, explorer ready with visualizer ready the community can really play around with it and then what is going to happen is after that has been sufficiently tested it will go live on shimmer so the shimmer network will be upgraded and after it has been tested enough on Shimmer, it will go live on IOTA. Mm. Um, like, the sorry. the important part about IOTA, sorry? 
No, sorry, just go on. Uh, the, the, the important part about IOTA 2.0 is that uh, obviously there's no single source of truth right now in terms of the information. So we really want to get everybody up to date on the latest information, make sure that they understand what is IOTA 2.0 and why is it a superior network to others. And only after that uh, education campaign um, do we then intend to also uh, launch a testnet so that everybody knows what IOTA 2.0 basically is. So that, that, that is the education campaign. So we've like the team has really done an amazing job there to like simple simplify the, the very complex technical uh, documentation, also publish very technical documentation for those that really want to get into the details and also pro, uh, provide videos and other content. So uh, I, I think the community will really love it because now now everybody can really see and understand why Yoda 2.0 is so amazing. Mm. Um, as we just mentioned that we needed more people to come in, more awareness around the Yoda brand. Um, now that, of course, we get some funds in, um, do you plan on setting up like a marketing department? And, and if so, what would you say is the best way to sort of market IOTA and get new people into the to the building instead of just doing Formula One advertising? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, first of all, I want to say that the most important thing, like who is the target audience of IOTA? And that's a, that's a very important conversation that we've had internally in, in the foundation a lot and debated a lot. The primary target audience is builders, right? We want to have developers build applications on top of IOTA because that is sort of the hard side of the network, right? It's most difficult to attract builders who actually launch amazing dApps that can potentially go mainstream. So we need to have really diverse builders use cases across all industries, whether it's web free, whether it's uh, a hardcore industrialized uh, in industrial applications. So we really need to attract those. So when it comes to marketing and when it comes to education, I think a lot of our efforts will be on um, attracting builders at first, especially in the current market, right? because they're super important that we have them. And then when it comes to attracting um, users, um, there are some interesting thoughts throwing around, being thrown around around this liquidity incentives, right? Mm. For example, uh, providing them for, for people who participate in the network. So I think all of those ideas we will then also discuss in the community. But I think it's important to mention that we shouldn't throw around this money just because we have these tokens now, but we have to be really, really smart about how we allocate it. We need to be better allocators, better money managers, so to say, than our competitors, because I can tell you many of our competitors are wasting tens of millions or even hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising and on marketing. Mm. And all of that was uh, quite frankly, a complete waste of money like sponsoring Formula One teams, sponsoring subways uh, and stuff like that. It might help to attract retail investors, but they don't really stick, right? So it doesn't really mean that you will build, you, you will build a more successful network in the long term. So I also want the community to realize that we're not going to do marketing like others are, have done in the past, but we should really focus on like doing community events at first and then start to ramp up efforts and growth initiatives. Mm, yeah. Um, and I also understand that there's coming an education campaign regarding Shimmer and IOTA in October, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, exactly. Mm, and that'll probably help out to get a, get new people into so like, where is the values in the community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll really focus on educating first before we can do other stuff. Right? Mm. So, yeah. so the most exciting topic that I know about is 
without a doubt the UAE and the boring stuff. Um, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, of course, of course. So I think all of us realize that the EU or, or and Germany has been a great home in establishing the foundation and getting a reputable foundation set up that can work with government, that can work with the uh, with the big enterprises. But it has not been a great place to actually be competitive, right? Because I think in many regards, we have been held back quite strictly with how we can manage our funding, what we can do actually, and just simply how to compete in a market where where others are basically not following any rules and we are following some of the strictest rule, strictest rules, mm. most strict rules in the world, right? So it was about finding a home where the Yoda Foundation can continue to do its R&D work and its regulatory affairs work, but to have a new entity or new entities that can then effectively manage a, an, an ecosystem fund uh, to really empower the, the, the ecosystem and not be restricted. Because, for example, previously, the foundation can only spend its money on R&D. It cannot give any grants to startups, to for-profit companies, only to universities, basically. And that just shows you the, the massive restrictions that we had before. Mm. Now, we, we've set up the Tangle Ecosystem Association in Switzerland so that we can uh, manage the funds through that together with the community. And now we also are also setting up uh, this foundation in, in the UAE because we really believe that looking at it, how the world is evolving and looking at the consistent track record of the UAE on, in really like establishing its economy and establishing, establishing its nation, so to say, as one of the most attractive for technology entrepreneurs for technology startups and especially for web3 i think it made a lot of sense for us to set up our new headquarter there so to say and i can tell you the biggest crypto ecosystem in the world is in dubai that everybody is there and everybody is excited to be there because they understand that their government is so welcoming and is so open um, to these new innovations so that's sort of the perfect home because we've always missed this sort of government support, close government support in Germany and and in the EU. So that is why this move was made to to go to 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 Abu Dhabi, and um, I think I think we are in a very fortunate position that we are being supported by by the right people and also by the right entities, including the government in the UAE, so that we really have uh, the support uh to to move forward now what are we going to do in the uae right so first of all the uae entity is is completely regulated and is a non-profit with the purpose of um supporting the ecosystem around iota so we'll really be focused on ecosystem so grants uh um, partnerships and and uh, growth for for ecosystem projects so it's a very similar role as, as our swiss entity and it will also be governed by a board and so there's not like a single decision maker but actually members of the foundation will also be part of it that it really has a proper governance structure in it and so we can move forward there the the other point that we are then doing in the ue is obviously we want to work on some very important partnerships and to accelerate the adoption of iota so that this real world adoption that we have started since 2016 is actually becoming real. Uh, so our focus there will be on supply chain and integrating IOTA there. Our focus will be on uh, digital identities. And one of our most important focuses will be on tokenizing real world assets. So that those assets will come on the IOTA network, will come on the Shimmer network, can be traded there, can be exchanged there. And uh, uh, basically users 
that are building on top of IOTA can also make a, uh, use of these new asset classes and do these new investment products. Mm. And this is why we are very excited to, to have the support because we really feel that with that, we can have a fast track to adoption with the right regulatory support, with the right regulatory framework and uh, the right uh, approval, so to say. Yeah. That's sort of like a short glimpse. Yeah, yeah. One of the tweets that you put out was you and the Minister of Foreign Trade of the UAE, wasn't it? Yeah, the Minister of Foreign Trade, also the Minister of, of Economy, and uh, so we we had some really excellent meetings there, and we're really being supported by all of them, and they're they're, they're very welcoming. But we have a very strong commitment. I also have a, I also have a very strong personal commitment to the UAE because I've never really experienced. Um, people who are that open and welcoming mm. and who really believe in what we're doing and who really want to support us. Right. And these are, these are some of the most important and powerful people, so to say, and they really want to see IOTA succeed and want to help us succeed because they believe in our mission. They believe also in the hardship that we went through, right. And mm. that we have proven ourselves through that. Yeah, and uh, this is why this is why I'm really happy to go there. For example, tomorrow I'm flying there again to Abu Dhabi, and uh, I'll spend uh, the next two weeks there. And uh, um, I'm also partially moving there uh, to really oversee all of these important partnerships. And so, once the foundation is set up, um, we'll also move some team members there and also hire locally. And our goal is then also to bring the ecosystem to the UAE. That is mm. one of our important objectives. So projects that are right now registered in uh, some weird jurisdictions will now, through our support, also be able to come to the UAE. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we, we already bring some projects there in October. I think you're there also there in, in December. Yes, that's right. Possibly. Yeah, so we can we can really all meet up and also do events there and uh, bring the bring the ecosystem there. So I think it will be really exciting. Mm, yeah, the, the UAE is absolutely one of the, the main favorites to go to. It's... Uh, it's just a mind-blowing place. It's it's clean. It's it's nice. People are very friendly, very polite. Yeah. There's, there's no no like criminal ha people happening. It's just on the ne next level, right? And of course, the the professionalism, being able to to take you guys in and just help you on every level, government, whatever. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, the the projects happening in Bahrain is the same type of stuff that's happening in the UAE, right? So uh, all of that is a uh, work in progress and we'll obviously share that as we move along. Um, mm. uh, but uh, our, our, our objective is to, to have a new home in the UAE, right? And then to expand from there into other GCC countries. And so some of them um, are obviously really exciting because they're also supporting us on a similar level um, as the UAE. So, so we'll be spending a lot of time in that region and another thing that I'm also excited about is that by being at home in the UAE, we can then also focus more on Asia mm. because it, it is important that we also think about what we do there. And right now we have Koei there, but uh, there, there's definitely some amazing builders that we need to support more. But step by step, right? We can't we yeah. can't do too much. And right now, the most important thing is to focus. Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm I believe I saw that you had commented that there's another country as well involved. Yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll share that once it's... Uh... <laughs> it's Monaco, isn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Um, last thing um, before I let you go. I know you have stuff to do. Um, the Epsi project. Um, how's that going along? Uh, it's going uh, along well. So we are delivering um, all of the stuff um, that is being requested. I think at the end of the year is the final deliverable. Mm. Um, after that, there will be a, probably like a two or like a several month deliberation by the commission. Um, so it will take more time. But the main goal then is really that there's going to be like a public procurement, right? Where this will really be like a huge grant that the EU will give out. So we are preparing ourselves also for that opportunity to apply for that procurement so that the Yoda Foundation, together with some partners, can actually build out the European blockchain infrastructure. So we hope that with all the work that we've put into the current grant and the current proposal, that we are uh, hopefully best positioned to also succeed. Mm. One that's thing that's probably interesting to mention, our goal here is really to create a product out of this but there will be like government chains running on the layer two. So this is definitely something that we will then also flesh out over the coming months to see how we can also support other countries, not just the EU, on building their own government services, digital identities, and everything on top of IOTA. Mm. So we'll definitely be moving forward with that. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, and to every one of you guys that needs more information and wants to dig a little bit more deeper, go check out the newest blog on the IOTA Foundation's website. And go to YouTube, check out Spec Weekly and Eodos Poets' new videos. They are explaining it very well. Um, and um, thank you so much, Don, for taking the time, coming to explain, spending all the time in the Discord, letting people know what's going on a little bit and calming everybody down. So um, I'm very excited to see what new doors this will open for us. I think there's a lot of changes, both um, mostly good, probably. Um, someone will be a little bit sad, but I think that hopefully we'll be able to go over once these are proven to be the right decision. Yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I obviously have to thank you and everybody else in the community as well that is um, so supportive of the foundation and of, of what we're doing and who are also placing trust into us, right? Like we're not doing this because we don't think we will deliver. We're doing this because we know that we will deliver and that this is the right time to make sure that these deliverables or these deliveries that we have will really have the impact that all of us hope that they will be having. So all the trust that people put into us and all the trust that people will put into me, you can be assured that we will be, we will double down on the efforts that we're putting into IOTA and that we will make sure that we'll really succeed with IOTA. Mm, yeah. So probably now more than ever, get behind and get left behind, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Thomas.